Hello, welcome to another podcast episode from the Cybersecurity Chronicles podcast series. Today's podcast episode actually has a title and an interesting story behind that title. The title is called The Mouse of the Disaster. And I'm joined by Stanley Lee and Sean Mahoney from NetSwitch. Uh, welcome to you both. Hey, James. Good to talk to you again. Hey, James. So, uh, Sean, would you like to explain, first of all, why uh, are we calling this episode the mouse of the disaster? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a phrase that one of our engineers had used. Um, the company had called us after they had a ransomware attack, and we were called in to help them with the remediation. And as he was working on uh, this and his report back to us, that's sort of the phrase he'd use, the mouse of the disaster. It's the little things that happen. What seemingly seems like an innocent small thing uh, turns into a disaster for the small company. And so with the pandemic and people having to work from home, uh, someone just happened to ask the, the IT guy, hey, go ahead and open up uh, port 3389, which we call the Statue of Liberty port. It's the open port to the world. Send us your poor, your huddled masses. We welcome everyone into our network. Um, and so they opened this for the workers to be able to remote in and do their work and didn't restrict it to an IP range or a certain set of IPs. So it was open to the world. And uh, somebody got in there deployed some ransomware, started locking up all the files, and they ended up having to call us. In the investigation, found out they had a backup, which was great, but it was connected to the network. So it was already locked up as well. <laughs> so uh, through this whole thing, when as we were trying to talk to the attackers and figure out how much they wanted, uh, management had turned around to the IT and just said, wipe everything, just start over again. Um, and ultimately, the ransomware, the ransom attackers were not asking for a huge amount of money. Uh, and typically, we would say, don't pay. Uh, that's usually our, our first response because people have proper backups. But this particular case, small company, the ransom amount was not a huge amount um, relative to other costs of their business. But ultimately, they just decided to start over again, and that's going to be uh, a quite a bit of work to rebuild everything um, and to move forward from here. So now we're just working with them on how to set up the proper proper things in place to avoid something like this happening again. So after all these years, it's interesting that they don't even have a disaster recovery or business continuity plan. So it's been going around for a couple of decades, and people are still ignoring that. Yeah, they hadn't even planned for a fire drill. I mean, this is that's what this was. The the owners are running around like the building's on fire and they're not talking to the firefighters about what to do to save what parts of the business if they can. They weren't prepared for this type of thing. So what's so this is must be a very common scenario. This is a uh, a company <laughs> in, in the food in the food space, around 30 employees and they outsource their office support to a small company. Sound yeah. familiar? Yeah. So, uh, how many other companies are in this situation where they outsource their support to a small company and they don't have proper backup in place? It, and it, on it, top of your point too, James, is um, a lot of company thought that IT company, well, they must know how to 
do cybersecurity, you know, because a lot of people just mistaken by installing a firewall or anti-malware, they think that they got the cybersecurity taken care of. So they think that, uh, yeah, my nephew that just graduated from, with a computer science degree, oh, they know how to fix on cybersecurity. So that was an interesting point as well that we learned. Yeah. So, Sean, there was something interesting as well that, about the... The, um, what was the response from the technical support once they found that, uh, that they had this problem with the open port? Yeah, so they opened it and they, well, what did, the alarm started going off about one o'clock in the morning. And the IT guy was like, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'll deal with this in the morning. And so six, seven hours later, when he goes into the office, that's when everything was locked up as opposed to, having dealt with it at the time when it first occurred, which a security team would and why we do recommend managed services. Well, that's what we do. Managed services are there for a reason and for companies to be able to have somebody looking at it 24-7 so that when something bad is happening, they're saying, hey, wake up. The house is on fire. Go put out the fire or call the fire department. Um, you know, they just They just ignored the alarms going off and went back to sleep. And then they yep. had the whole accounting system was encrypted by the hacker. Yeah, yeah. Recreate your books. So, I mean, we we already talk about many of these stories on the on the on the episodes that we've done. So, stories <laughs> barely seems to be a day go by where you don't hear a story of of something like this. What's the key lesson from your perspective? If uh, for any small business owners that are listening, whether they are executive owners, CEOs of the business, or whether they are IT professionals engaged with supporting a business, what would you, what yeah. key takeaways should they take? Prevention to recovery. Yeah, you, you need to prepare to fail and have that preparation in place so when something does happen, uh, you can get back up and running quickly. It, it's interesting. So many times people think, and it is changing in a lot of spaces, but there's still a lot of people that think this way. Small to mid-sized businesses are not going to be the targets, but it could be a simple mistake. You could be the greatest driver in the world and drive on the interstate every day, but at some point, somebody's going to make a mistake, whether it's your fault or not. There's going to be an accident. How do you recover from that accident? Why do you have car insurance and health insurance and things like that? Life insurance. Something has a chance of happening, and we're not trying to sell fear. I hate selling fear, but it's a fact of life. You need to be prepared to recover from an incident when it happens. And so, you know, small businesses think it's never going to happen to them. They have nothing of value. But like we said last week, they have cash. And it's not even, it's not even so much that companies can't rely strictly on IT people just because it's an IT issue. It's not an IT issue. It's a business issue. It's a business concern and it should be treated as such. The IT people may know the technical language and configuration of a security um, platform or layers that are put into place and how it fits into the network, but it's not a technical issue. It's not an IT issue. It's a company issue. Yeah, one of the yeah one of the key issue that we feel um, that is missing in a lot of company is the process. They really just wanted yeah. 
you know, treat it as a technical problem, or at least in the mind frame, because it's something that is complex or confusing, then they just say, oh, it's a technical issue. But it's matter, a lot of time that we resolve these type of incident is just with policies and procedures with the proper process, rather than it's dealing with a technical issue. And one of our cases that we have done within, you know, 12 months, where we able to reduce the number of incidents by over 90%. And it just because we start putting the proper procedures and process, and it doesn't cost the company anything with those proper procedures and processes, but it able to raise the awareness for the entire company, for the team. And then we just prop- put proper and cost-effective mechanics into place rather than that everything has to go buy a new IT tool or IT solution. It, it doesn't have to be like that. It, it needs to have a balance. And like what we've been talking about, the triage, the people, technology, and process. Those are three equal, equally important factors in managing cybersecurity and IT operation, what we refer as a SACOPS. So uh, I guess there are a lot of companies in a similar situation these days with the COVID-19 lockdown in terms of having, it's it's a new situation. They're having to give remote access to their network to staff. So that's a new situation. And I have some sympathy. How do you, what advice, what can companies do when they are giving remote access to their company resources to people working from home? Be sure to have a, a conversation about what you need them to be able to access. How are they going to access it? Do they have VPN access? Um, you know, VPN access into uh, a secure environment and who's accessing what and be able to grant certain access to certain people. You need to make sure those things are in place. And there are tools out there uh, that can allow them to be safe wherever they're going to work at home, from the park, from the coffee shop, or even when they're in the office? Yeah, so we designed a three simple to understand kind of like a solution to address that issue. Safe at home, safe at office, safe at anywhere. And the way why we design it into those three categories, it's just now we look at the COVID-19 and actually after the COVID-19, how people will continue to work. So obviously, you're going to be working at home a lot of time. And we don't want to mess around with the end users um, computing environment or networking environment at their home. So we push out a lot of tools and you know a technicality of the mechanics onto the cloud environment and utilizing Office 365 such as as part of the um, solutions. And then it go, we look into the office, obviously that is more important. And a lot of company thinks that, okay, you know, we have internet and that is sufficient for them to work. It is in fact that it's not. And we see that from this particular case, or let's just open up a firewall port and that le- led to disaster. So we got to look at it more heavily from the infrastructure build out point of view. And at the same time, the security point of view, how do you connecting and what Sean had talked about the VPN or DNS firewall and all those things, IP blocking and all those that it needs to consider. How do you get to how to get the end user be safe serving the internet at the same time doing the business company business at home and then all the way 
that is being secured through the office and then from the office to anywhere that they might be working. Because today I might be working at home, but tomorrow I might be working at the coffee shop or at the beach because I just want to leave home. So would that Wi-Fi be safe? Um, because now you're in an open public area and that changes the cybersecurity landscape. So we consider all three, again, it's just hand in hand. That's why we have, and we break it down into those three categories to come up with different technology solutions and be sensitive about the end user's environment, where they're going to be at, what kind of tools they would be using, including their own home computer. We don't want to be keeping installing different applications onto it. And so that computer becomes a gray area. Is it a company property or is it a personal property? So that's the, the engagement that from the technical standpoint, from the design that we want to discuss with the client and everyone is different. And that's the thing. So technical, yes, obviously this is important. And that's why we have to work with people like the end user when they're at home, they would do things differently. And then again, putting process in place to making sure that wherever they are at, there would be a safer environment. You know, Jason, some of it's just educating people, your employees, that regardless of where they are, they're at risk. And how many people go out with their laptops or their phones and the Wi-Fi is on? This is one of the things I learned from one of the hacker groups I'm a member of here in Kansas City is SecKC. So one of the one of the white hat hackers was explaining that when the Wi-Fi is on, what the Wi-Fi list that you have in your phone or in your computer of all the connections you've made to Wi-Fi networks, Starbucks, Marriott, Hampton Inn, work, your Wi-Fi is going, hello, 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 are you this, are you this, are you this, are you this? And so all somebody really has to do is have a device in Starbucks and it, it's picking up. Somebody's sitting here squawking. Are you this? Are you this? Are you this? So put in an SSID. Yep, I'm this. It'll automatically connect to that because you said that's what you want it to connect to. And now they have access to your machine. Well, that's not safe anywhere when you're doing that. And, and the same token, the Bluetooth access too. Now a lot of right. them, almost all the laptop has Bluetooth, and all I need to do just get close to you and do the similar type of um, hacking, accessing right. into the laptop, and that's it. Yep. So it's just education, and that's why you know that VPN access uh, is going to be important for people to turn their Wi-Fi's off when they're in public places or use a secure Wi-Fi. People's phones tether now. Yeah, and turn use off that. your Bluetooth if you don't use it. Yeah. Just as simple as yeah. this. Yeah. 100% good advice. Uh, so any final advice, uh, Sean, that you think would be uh, relevant for anybody listening that might be in a situation that they feel, oh, I don't have a system in place yet. What should I do? Boy, you know, it's really not even a system. I would say really the when you ask, when IT is asked to do something, both sides, think about what you're asking IT to do. IT, think about what they're asking you to do. Just take a moment. Pause what what's the worst case scenario what could happen if i do this just take a moment talk about it why do you want me to do this it's not a good idea to do this boss what what about this nine times out of ten you're gonna get i don't want to spend the money okay but here's what could happen 
and let the boss make the decision. Well, a great discussion, an interesting story. I'm sure we'll be back in the future with another discor- another story to discuss. So, That's why we're uh, trying to get rid of mice. <laughs> so thank you, Sean. Thank you, Stanley. Uh, we'll speak with you in the next uh, next episode. Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks James. James.